I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, September 17, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on our hands? We have a market that's essentially in a holding pattern waiting on the Fed. We're waiting on Kabuki Theater. The market did squat all day long until the end of the day when they ran up to fill a gap that on the daily chart looks like it was filled on the intraday charts was not filled. We talked about this last night. That's that funky print, maybe in the shenanigans bucket, maybe somewhere else. Either way, what did they do? They ran up to try and attempt at least to fill the gap. They didn't quite get there on the daily chart, but intraday is a different story. The point is, is they basically were just eating time off the clock, doing nothing, were waiting on Kabuki Theater. Here's an hourly chart. When you look at the hourly chart, we had a bear flag pattern developing since yesterday. Here's a down move. I know it didn't come from that high, but here's a down move would likely finish in the downward direction. That didn't happen. We traded up. But this is still an active pattern until and unless they fill that gap and continue going in the northern direction. It's not really a flag pattern anymore, but it's still, even at the end of the day, even with the run-up to fill the gap at the end of the day, and you see on the hourly chart, they did fill the gap, but we finished below the gap. So therefore, what do they do? They leave you guessing. They leave you on the edge of your seat. That's none other than the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew at work. It's really not a big surprise that the market is in a holding pattern, quote-unquote, light volume, not a lot of activity going on. There's just not a lot of movement in the market. Everybody's waiting to see what the Fed does. Nobody knows what the Fed's going to do. Nobody knows what the reaction's going to be based on which direction or what the Fed actually does do, whether they lower interest rates by 50 basis points, 25 basis points, leave them alone. Either way, regardless of what the answer is from the Fed, still yet, nobody knows what the market's going to do. But what we do know is the market's going to react from whatever the Fed says. That's where our interest is. Whether the market reacts in the downward direction whether the market reacts in the northern direction. Either way, we're going to be pre-prepared. How do we get pre-prepared? We know the numbers. And for now, in the northern direction, the numbers are pretty obvious. Above the recent highs, and there's another leg higher. You'll get some more panic buying going on. The question is, where to? The big question would be, how high can they go? Where are the resistance points? Where would the overhead resistance come in at new highs? And A, it's not easy to figure out. And B, I'm pretty sure I've figured it out. We'll reserve the finer points for Inside the Numbers members. What about in the southern direction? What happens if we wake up to a gap down? For whatever reason, all of a sudden, they're no longer waiting on the Fed first thing in the morning. They have a reason to sell the market. And we'll get into that later. There's an interesting reason floating around. Not a reason to sell the market, not a reason to buy the market, just a reason or an excuse. 
We're going to get into that in a couple of seconds. Let's get back to the 60-minute chart. Let's finish up the SPY. And then I have some interesting stuff, maybe even Conspiracy Theory 5.0. So if the market did decline, for whatever reason, pre-Fed, we're still looking at the same general area, 297.5, maybe it's 298, maybe it's 297, but somewhere in that general zone, the market should find an assemblance of support. Post-Fed, all bets are off. That's going to be in real time. We don't know what the market's going to do post-Fed. Generally speaking, they're going to whip around. They're going to go up. They're going to go down. They're going to go back and forth. They're going to ride a seesaw for a while, pick a direction, and go. Look what the market's been doing, just quote-unquote waiting on the Fed. We've been basically in a bull bear fight right around the big fat round number of 300 on the SPY, 3,000 on the ES contract. Now, at the end of the day, we had that little push higher, but that doesn't count in the big scheme of things. It was the last few minutes of the day. The reality is we had a bull bear fight around 300. Now, did the bulls win? Are we going higher? Is this going to make new highs? We'll get into that later as well. We're going to look at some other charts. Other than the 60-minute bear flag pattern, technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with the market from a longer-term perspective. We are in an uptrend. If they take out the highs from the other day, there's another leg higher of panic buying slash short covering in store. Other than that, If that is the high, and if that high sticks, then certainly the Fed can be the perfect recipe for an excuse to move the market really in either direction. Hence, quote-unquote, we're waiting on the Fed. What is the 120-minute chart indicating? Anything? Is it telling us anything? Well, we're getting above, at least at the end of the day, the 20-period moving average. So as long as we stay above that, It's in a complete uptrend, getting below the 20-period moving average. For example, if this bear flag pattern, really just a wedge pattern now, plays out, and the only thing it's hanging its hat on is that gap. Getting above that gap and closing hourly above that gap tomorrow morning, and that pattern is really off the table. Doesn't mean the market can't go down before or after the Fed. It's just that specific pattern would be off the table. It would have essentially been a puzzle piece that didn't fit. What about the 240-minute chart? We don't spend a lot of time on this chart, but what I want to do is I want to ask traders. I want to ask students that have taken the Lazy E-mini Trader course what they see on this chart, and if this up move in the last candle makes complete sense, is there something in the course that makes that candle an, oh yeah, of course it went up, Why wouldn't it? Now, it's not something like anything else that works 100% of the time. But when you look at this and you go back to the course and you look at this again and you go through the material and you realize, oh my goodness, here we go again. It works over and over and over again. Now we're back to the hourly chart. Here's the kicker. You have an hourly chart showing that the market should normally, under normal garden variety market conditions trade lower. You have conflicting data on other charts. Now, one chart may take precedent over another, and that is true, but when you have conflicting data, you can't take the trade. Not to say this is normal, but this type of thing happens leading into a big announcement like the, air quote, 
Fed announcement or FOMC announcement Wednesday afternoon. There's one other thing to keep in mind before we get into an off-topic topic. Tomorrow being Wednesday, and it's Wednesday, the week of options expiration, which happens to be quadruple witching options expiration, you'll usually get some market activity this week. It's been slow, but you'll usually get a pickup in activity, and the Fed is the perfect excuse for that to happen. So tomorrow, and this is an old trader term, is Whipsaw Wednesday. And when I say old trader term, it's for old traders, traders that have been around a long time, not necessarily a new term. It's something that old traders know about, kind of like record players or journalism or flip phones. Now, flip phones, as far as I'm concerned, really aren't that old. I'm 100% sure if I looked hard enough, I could find at least one in my house. But an old trader term is Whipsaw Wednesday. All that means is you should be prepared for two-sided activity on Wednesday. And with the Fed on deck, it's likely we're going to get two-sided activity. That'll be good for inside the numbers members will have the numbers. What's going on over in Camp IWM? There's nothing going on. It was down today against the SPY that was up, but we had a divergence yesterday. Now we have a divergence in the other direction, so all it did was correct itself. Both markets basically went nowhere. That's enough for the IWM. Let's get to the off-topic topic, which is back to the Fed for a second. There was some scuttlebutt going around today about the Fed conducting what they call repos. You may have heard that term, and you may have looked up that term. Let's cut some of the fluff and fanciness out of that term. What the heck is a repo? It's nothing to do with a tow truck. Nobody's coming to get your car. A repo is basically a swap. What's a swap? There are a lot of different things a swap can be. You have interest rate swaps. Well, in this case, they're basically swapping bonds for money or some kind of securities for money. It's generally short term. So a repo is, I need cash, I have securities, I need the money, you hold the securities as collateral, I'll give you back the money, you give me back the securities. That's a repo. The question is, why is the Fed doing repos? Who needs the money and what bonds are they taking in? Why are they taking in bonds? We went through this a long time ago. Why is the Fed buying bonds? That's what they're doing. Essentially, if they're taking in bonds, they're putting money out in the market. They're creating what's called liquidity. We know about liquidity. They've done this before. The only reason to create liquidity are twofold. There's trouble looming, and they need liquidity to paper over a problem, or they want to goose the market or a combination of both. That may be on the intent side. My question comes from a skeptic side, which is, what bonds are they buying? Are they buying collateral debt stuff like before? Remember those mortgage bonds? I don't know what they're buying. Frankly, I'm not sure they're buying anything. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not even looking into it. I'm just going to default to the charts. I'm just saying I'm a little bit of a skeptic as to what they're buying and why, especially when we still have a stock market near all-time highs. What is the Fed worried about? They do a lot of this stuff in disguise. 
What do I mean by that? They do it under the disguise of inflation. They say they want to create inflation to their target inflation rate, which is 2%. That's fantastic. The more the Fed creates inflation, causing things that we buy to cost more, they're essentially giving us an added tax or taking money out of our pocket or making us poorer. If they do that at the same time that they create asset inflation, the asset meaning a house, stocks, other assets, other assets that we own, we being General Joe, right? You and me, average Joe. It doesn't help average Joe. It doesn't help John and Mary Lunch Bucket. Who does it help? It helps people that have money, their assets grow, they don't notice the fact that they're paying an extra 20, 30, 40, or $50 a week in stuff. But guess what? The majority of everybody does notice that. And therein lies one of the divides that people complain about. What the heck does the Fed need to create inflation for? Nobody ever asks that question. I'll give you the answer. I'm going to give you my answer. Other people have different answers. That's fine. That's what makes a market. Everybody's entitled to their own answer. We can never prove or disprove any of this esoteric stuff anyway. It's just for fun slash conspiracy theories. But here's my answer. They're not trying to create inflation. They're scared shitless of deflation. Guess what happens in deflation? The price of assets go down. So the very people that benefited from asset inflation are served a big shit burger on a silver platter during deflation. Most people would say, that's fine. Who cares about them? Well, guess what? If they're losing the value of their assets, other people are losing their job. That's why, at least from where I sit, and this is an opinion, the Fed is fighting deflation. So that'll be a wrap on Conspiracy Theory 5.0. What about the VIX? Are we still looking at the same number in the VIX? I get emails on the VIX. Let me answer them in the video. I'm still looking at the same number in the VIX. I would like to purchase the VIX. I would be a collector of the VIX under 13. 13, 12 and a half, anywhere in the middle, that's where I'll be a willing and happy collector of the VIX. How does the schedule look down at the transportation department? Is everything running on time? Everything is the same. It was down 24 points today against an index that's 10,700. We're not going to make a case out of that one way or the other. Again, air quotes, we're waiting on the Fed. Tech guys out in Silicon Valley, any news here? No, same routine. We had the same last half hour of the day. They get interested to go close the gap, and that's where they head into the closing bell. Again, is it meaningful? Not necessarily. You can't really draw any information about that. We're waiting on the FOMC. Financials, same routine. Carbon copy. Carbon copy goes with those old terms like flip phone and journalism, not to leave out record player. How about the semi-space, a good leading indicator of the tech space? Same routine. We can't gain any new information. Is this a bearish or bullish chart? Well, it's a bullish chart. There's nothing bearish on this chart other than the fact that we have a high, but against that high, meaning the high from last week. Some are short against a high like that. 
But closing above that high will bring another leg of panic buying into the SMH. But what we do know is, if that's happening in the SMH, it's happening in other markets. It's happening across the board. By the way, have we seen this routine before? The Fed does what they're going to do. The market uses it as an excuse to rally, whether it's right after or hours later or the following day. You find the market at higher prices. All of a sudden, a day later, we've reversed. Everybody looks at the whole thing that just happened completely opposite. Mirror image, 180 degrees in the other way. And all of a sudden, two or three days after the Fed, we're trading significantly lower. Could that happen? Absolutely, that could happen. It's happened before, and it'll happen again. Why does that happen? The main reason is it's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Keep in mind. It's the market's job, which is run by the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, but it's the market's job to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's the outline of the program, like it or not. We can't really leave out crude. Crude is an absolute rodeo. All of a sudden, crude spikes on the attack in Saudi Arabia. A day later, Saudi Arabia says, not so bad, We'll be right back online pumping oil in a few weeks. It's a rodeo, and if you think there are any accidents or coincidences in the market, look where it's trading right now. And this is actually live as we speak. Not as we speak, but as I speak. This is live, and you can see how they're fighting the low from yesterday. That's going on as we speak. The low is 58.77. Here's a five-minute chart. This is the electronic session, but they're at... 58, 77, 78, 79, they're fighting the level. You can see here, they just broke down. They're fighting that price. If they get back above that price, they can go a little higher. If that price is too much, too much overhead resistance, price will be rejected or crude oil will be rejected at that price and they'll have another leg lower. Yesterday's low is important. This would be as good of a place as any to pull the ripcord here tonight. So before I officially sign off, let me first thank everybody. Without you, there is no possible way that these videos could be created. So I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate you wanting to learn. I appreciate the hard work that many of you put in. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.